What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode here on the Lure Lab on the Sirius Angler Network. I'm your host, the captain, Andrew Full. We hope you enjoyed the last episode. We're chatting about my top three baits that I want to purchase this winter to throw in the spring. But today, we have an awesome episode. We got Mikey Balls coming in, you know, the awesome social media YouTube influencer who just catches giants down in the southeast between Alabama and Florida. Now we're going to be talking about one of his favorite techniques that you can always catch bass on down in Florida. But before we get him on, I just want to let everybody know who's tuning in that we have that Omnia has an awesome Daiwa giveaway going on right now on their website. And the link is going to be down in the description below. So make sure you get in and have your shot at winning some awesome Daiwa reels. But Without further ado, let's get Mikey on here and chat about this. What's up, dude? How you been? Pretty good, man. How you doing? Yeah, hanging in there, freezing up here in Buffalo, getting ready for the giant Bills game tomorrow against the Dolphins. So I'm actually we'll cold too, for once, <laughs> dude. I, I can share that sentiment, dude. Yeah, because you're up in Alabama right now, right? You're dealing with I that am. big cold front that's kind of gripping the entire blast. east. Yeah. It rained like 22 inches, and now it's like, hey, you know what else we can do? We can get dirty water and cold water at the same time. So yeah. I'm like, great, bring it on. If it gets below like 45 degrees, cold water is not fun to fish in. Cold, can, dirty water. Cold, you know, dirty it's water. Funny you say that. I don't want to get too off track, but so it sucked today. I caught four fish, but I'm not going to lie. At the end of the day, I kind of like wrapped up. There's like nobody out there. And I'm like, I would rather be out here doing this, catching four fish than not be out here. So in 100%. the end, like, I'm, t- I'm total millennial, dude. It's all about the experience, bro. You know? So, <laughs> oh, and- the, the worst part about it is, and we always overlook this fact, right? On the worst days that we have on the water, we can actually learn the most, in my honest opinion. I'm a bite dude. I, you know, if if you're burning time, burning spots, and not getting bit, I feel like you're not learning. The one thing, though, that I did do is it's funny. These fish in Alabama, they get super shallow as you go through the winter. And one thing that I don't do enough is, is just troll shallow, you know, just fish through stuff. And I did find there's a lot of little sneaky ditches that aren't on Navionics and things like that. <laughs> and the only way to find them is – wow, it looks like, you know, my graph just said we dropped a foot and a half, you know, and I did yeah. find some stuff like that. So there is something to that. So you learned something today. I did. I did. It forces you to think almost outside the box and get moving and to almost experiment on the days where you're not catching anything. As to That's where true. If you're jamming on them, you're just going to run the same pattern over and over and burn it to the ground, in my opinion. <laughs> so but like, I enjoy that too. No, who doesn't? <laughs> like that, there's nothing better than catching like, 20 to 50 fish in a day but let's get on track here uh okay. what what bait are we talking about today mike so i actually have the old bag it is this guy right here Ooh. so there is one bait in florida that has probably won more money tournament fishing and put more big smiles on faces and that is the gambler ace this is actually specifically the fat ace um it, this is the six inch version little thicker that's what we use mainly in florida but during like you know crappy weather things along those lines we'll go down to the five inch but the biggest key is is the way this thing looks and i know you're going to talk to me about it so we'll get to that but basically it's a stick bait um and we will texas rig this we will texas rig it and rig it weedless a variety of different ways but this is the guy dude 
from pre-spawn to summer to quote-unquote winter fishing in florida this thing catches more bass and big fish than you would believe so let me ask you this question what makes the gambler fat ace better than any other stick bait on the market in your opinion i'd love to be able to tell you andrew i have no freaking clue dude <laughs> is it is it like the stinky garlic smell that comes with the gambler product? <laughs> it could be the way like the color is done. I, I don't know, but like it, no lie, dude. When guys come to Florida to fish the BBT, any of the MLF tournaments, the Bassmaster venues, literally they will call Val at Gambler and be like, "I need these." Like they could have a Berkeley sponsor with Maxent. They could have you know because everybody makes a stick bait. You know, yeah. like that's just a reality. Let's not you know mince words but there's something about this guy and florida that kills it dude it's wild every time i open a gambler pack in my house i'm like please don't let my wife be home because she's gonna get mad at how bad that bag smells oh dude you should ride in my truck like literally because i'll have boxes and stuff especially when i drive to florida it's like 12 hours i think 12 and a half hours and dude after that especially if i'm running the heat like it literally smells like a a terrible italian restaurant in my (laughs) and it never goes away that's fantastic so let's dive into the setup that you use for fishing the fat ace not like your rod reel line gear ratio so 99 percent of the time and if guys are looking to try this out get yourself a 316 tungsten weight and a four-aught um offset shank hook i would recommend you you either get your standard o'shaughnessy hook if there isn't a huge amount of cover around or if there's pads and thick stocky stuff, go with your wide gap. Um, the wide gap is better because it has that wider bite to it. So if you get a bunch of junk all stuck in there along with the fish, cause you're tugging them out, it gives you a little bit of flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but that three sixteenths and that hook, basically you can fish it anywhere. Um, <laughs> mine varies. Uh, so there's, and that's really the trick with this thing is it's so versatile. Like I'll even, and we can do another little lure lab on it. Like I'll even put this on a modified Ned rig, a heavy cover Ned rig, like power Ned or an extra stout, like little stand-up jig, but the Texas rig setup, really you can fish it in isolated stalks for spawning fish, you know, using this very scattered, but isolated cover. Um, and you can even take it to the thicker stuff. So you have to evaluate what you're fishing to choose your line. Usually it's 20 pound fluorocarbon. If you're going the fluorocarbon route for more of that open scattered, isolated stuff, if you're going into that thicker stuff, you're probably going to want to up your game to braid. Otherwise you, you might get less bites, but you're going to lose fish. I like to go with 50 pound. Some guys will go up to 65, but 50 seems like a a nice balance of manageability, but stoutness to get those fish out. And the same thing's going to happen with your rod. Um, you know, if you're in that thick stuff, you're going to need like a seven, two, seven, three, up to a seven, six kind of flipping stick, heavy action. Um, if you're around that more isolated stuff, I like softer rods because especially with spawning fish, not only do you need, you need that, that sensitivity, you know, that rod to load up with a little more tip, but you also need that shakeability. Yeah. Um, a lot of times you're fishing this for spawning fish. You're, you're kind of place shaking the worm. So you're kind of shaking that slack in the worm or in that line. And, and you can't have too stout of a rod. Otherwise you're literally moving the bait off the bed. Yeah, that's a great point. So I'm I'm going to backtrack. I don't know if you listened to the episode we just did with uh, Fletcher Shyock. We had him on on uh, Tuesday Night Live about a week ago now that this episode is aired. And he was talking about braid and flipping. And he actually uses like 40-pound braid. 
when he flips. So I actually know Fletcher, and yeah. I sh- I shot an episode of JT's show, um, fishing with JT Kenny, um, with Fletcher, and he was talking about that. I love Fletcher to death, but no, scares and I know you. Why scares he does you the world because <laughs> he because he, he thinks it it cuts the cover better. Yeah. Like he, he thinks it cuts the cover better. So the, there's two things that I would throw into that. I, I, I think you lose more fish. I can break 40 on a medium heavy rod and it, one nick and you're done. The yeah. other thing that guys don't think about is braid is the king. Other than like really light fluorocarbon, braid is the king of wind knots. Like you get massive wind knots, even when you're flipping close quarters. And that lower diameter braid is 30 100 times worse when it comes to wind knots the other just side note is tungsten even with the new inserts or if you get good board out tungsten it's It's still very harsh on the line dude and and 40 it it's not a good mix dude personally speaking i use 50 when i flip unless i'm going to a fluorocarbon leader off the braid then i'll go 30 down to like a 17 pound fluoro just for like castability and fishability but the thing i with the wind knots, the thing I noticed is when that bait hits the water, you almost have to drop your rod tip and get your line instantly yeah. in the water. Otherwise, you will get the bird nest even just reeling it in because it's blowing all over the place. Well, and the other thing is you're never going to be perfect. And the moment you get that wind knot, it's just like fluorocarbon. You get nicks in your line. Yeah. And braid, a lot of people don't know, but braid nicks just like fluorocarbon does. <laughs> and, dude, on 40, you get a nick. You're playing with fire, dude. Like it hits the, it, yeah, it just pops because you're using a stout rod. You're setting the hook like it's braid because you know you don't got to worry. There's no stretch, and it's. I I myself played around with doing some lighter braid stuff because it was a lot easier. It makes pitching and flipping yeah. a lot easier, you know. And uh, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's Fair. not worth it. And dude. I mean, I would take your word because we know you're like the flipping and pitching master. <laughs> I don't from know your, from your OG videos there down on like okeechobee and the rim canal and stuff and those are some of my absolute favorites i ever watched but um i'm assuming that that gambler race that you held up is your favorite color down in florida the black and blue correct this is a variation um this is actually called jb blue um, okay. i didn't have any black and blue in the boat i literally have them back at the house um i'm at i'm in gunnersville right now but this guy is is pretty much a variation that the biggest trick is it's not this part it's this part that blue tail um you know we were talking before we got on air and and you were talking about how bass oftentimes see some of these brighter colors as various like opaque colors that that stand out um so one of the one of the concepts is that they see this blue as white yeah or or variation of white or variation but something that like pops to their eyes you know and the biggest factor with this thing is the way it catches fish when they're spawning you know, you'll catch them flipping this setup, um, casting this setup and dragging it. But when they're spawning, there's something about this color that that just gets more bites. And the funniest part about it is everybody uses it. It's not a secret, dude. So there's something more to it than just being like a magic color. There's some kind of instinctual reaction. There's some kind of reaction that it's getting in general from fish in contrast to them, like not seeing it and it being top secret. But now, let me of, ask you this real fast before yeah. we keep going on. What color are your big bluegills that are around like the shell crackers and stuff down there? Are they like that dark black purpley bluey color? 
some of them are. And actually, one of the lakes where this works the best is the Kissimmee chain, Toho, Kissimmee, Hatchnaha. And you catch a brim or a bluegill on there, they are purple as can be, dude. Yeah. So you and, nailed it right there. And I wonder if that's like why the black and blue contrast works so well in that like tannic water is because when it starts molding together, you almost get like that translucent purpley. Yeah. shade color to them and that's why they're really eating it because i mean all across the country light conditions are going to change that opaqueness of that bait when it gets down in the water yeah. color and i learned this one from walleye fishing the deeper you go in water with a certain color it actually changes color even more yeah which is crazy to think about old, in, what do they call it the old cc seshi yeah. disc or whatever yeah. that they used to drop down yeah so well, like it I constantly changes color i think there's something too to be said like Everybody does this, you know, like when you get a little bit of stained water, you put chartreuse on the tail in a lot of places. The only state <laughs> I know in the United States where, where blue is the deal is, is in Florida, but it's the same concept. It's sort of like one of those things where it's a, a variation on a theme, you know, that yeah. that tail brightening it up in some manner really draws some attention. I'll tell you this one, black and blue in that color works so good in New York, too. Does it well clear water small mouth, Alabama too eat black and blue better than wow. most of the natural colors really in my opinion yeah like if I'm flipping a jig in New York 99.9% of the time it's black and blue if I'm well, throwing a Senko it's pure black with blue dude. flake or a blue tail like it has to like 99.9% of the time black and blue you know, I wasn't a firm believer. My buddy, one of my good buddies in Florida, his name's Donnie Bass. Ironic last name, right? And, and literally, what's that? Is he a big bass fisherman or is he a Oh, they're player? huge. Like, and he's <laughs> awesome. He's taught me a whole bunch. But I, I'm always trying to simplify my tackle. But I'm also one of those guys I like to experiment. I want all these different colors. And literally, dude, I will get in his boat and he'll have like two colors. The black and blue and June bug or black and blue and green pumpkin. And, you know, it's one of those things where he catches fish all the time, you know, like yeah. super competitive. And he will go and fish the Toyota series and all that catches them every state in the country. So it, there's something to it. And Tommy Biffle, you know, like black like and blue Biffle bug, black and blue. <laughs> or, or it's like that platinum silver one. Like, yeah. what do you throw on that for? Like, but you can't argue with standards. Like at some mm -hmm. point, like a, like that, that cliche, like there's a reason there's something behind that cliche, you know, yeah. like there's something that works. Just like green pumpkin was a mistake in the laboratory company was trying to pour watermelon and they poured green pumpkin. Really? That you had green pumpkin born. Yeah. I was listening I don't remember. I was reading an article about it. Like green pumpkin came about, I believe, as a mistake because back in the day, everything was black or yeah. watermelon red. And like they were trying to pour watermelon Oops. and it came out too dark. And it was green pumpkin. <laughs> and it turned out to be like this amazing color. Most I, color ever. Yeah, yeah, I find that hilarious really cool. too. But yeah, green pumpkin was a laboratory mistake by a company and now everyone loves it. <laughs> so, so cool. You kind of mentioned it before. What are the best ways you have found to rig the gambler ace? And like one more time, reiterate like the hooks that you use to rig it on for all of our viewers and listeners. So if there's one way to rig it, that like you're just going to Florida, you want to catch some fish, Texas rig it. And in Texas rig it, your three sixteenths <laughs> is your drag rig. Um, three eighths or a half is more of your flipping, your your cover oriented, your close quarters fishing kind of. And and I'd recommend tungsten because one of the beautiful things about this is it's straight. 
and streamlined. So it gets through just about anything. And in contrast to like a lot of your creature baits, your, your worms and things like that, it doesn't have that curly tail. So it's not going to be wrapping around things as it goes down or as it comes up. So if you, you don't need that much weight to actually get it down. Um, the other thing that I'll do, this is actually my sneak rig and I kind of hinted at it. Um, Gambler makes what's called a power Ned, but you can also do this with like a, like a standard sort of 45 stand up or a stand up stout um, hook jig, like a brush guard jig. Yeah. And basically you take this thing, you cut it in half you have that that sort of shorter presentation and and you basically make a net like a heavy cover high powered net and you can fish it in that same way once again to isolated targets and that but that's the main way we rig it up it's either casting it flipping it or you cut it down to a you know a florida finesse and and you put it on that little jig and you throw it to the exact same stuff sounds like you need them to make a fat ace and four inch so you don't have to waste a third of no, the no, no 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 well yeah i guess i don't get my blue tail but you get two baits for one dude you cut it in uh, half and you flip it around you know yeah that makes sense that makes i'm sense. cheap bro i got i got a boat payment now dude a house oh. payment oh i don't even oh man boat payments that just hurts because i bought the new boat i ended up buying yeah. camus which was really sweet i got a I got the most expensive one of all dude yeah cx19 <laughs> i got a really good deal on it i couldn't say no dude that boat's a rocket ship like it's really? terrifyingly fast for a 19 foot nine boat. Yeah. We'll talk about it later, but um, so digressing here back on topic, back on where, where do you target bass one more time with the gambler ace and how do you fish it efficiently in these okay, areas so to get more? Ironically, you, you target shallow cover in Florida. Yeah. I'm going to let that settle in for a yeah. second, you know, shallow <laughs> cover in Florida. So <laughs> basically vegetation, I'll tell you what, not all lakes in Florida have lily pads, but where this bait really got well known was, I think it was a few years, when we've been doing this for years, but like a few years ago, there were, there was a 40 pound bag or two 40 pound bags, I think, uh, multiple 30 pound bags. Basically it went on a tear on, on Lake Kissimmee. And the, the big trick was Lake Kissimmee has these wonderful JT actually won um, an FLW event down there doing this. Um, it has these wonderful little clumps of lily pads. So you get like a three set crown of lily pads that are just going, oh, throw to me, throw to me. That's what they do. You know, you're on your boat and you look over and the pads are like, hey, I'm over here. So like <laughs> these little isolated clumps of pads. And these isolated targets, isolated bully whips, isolated cane, that's where it really kind of came to fruition. Because like I said before, it doesn't curl around anything. It's very, yeah, it's not clingy and it does nothing. Like it's, it's a dumb bait, you know, it, maybe the tail shakes a little, but there's no ribbon tail action or anything like that. So you're, you're basically isolated targets. That's number one. The other thing is to flipping it along walls. We have what's called maiden cane or Kissimmee grass, which is a very stout, dry, almost kind of like a hay. Um, yeah. and, and it's perfect for getting through that without once again, hanging up, falling straight through, um, the other thing that you'll do too is since we have so much shallow vegetation, the, the thing that's different is not having any vegetation at all. So you'll have a huge span of grass, right? And so there's grass, you know, you know, it all looks the same and then there'll be a hole. And that hole is a hard spot or a bed usually. So you can actually put the bait into that hole and, and target those holes because that's what's different, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's your basic presentation. And then you can always just drag it. 
you know, yeah. throw it out there. There's there's hard bottom, there's you shell. Know, they just it's where you drag it around. Or or an eelgrass flat, you know. That's the other thing, too. Once again, that tail is not having a tail it is so valuable because eelgrass is such a clingy, gooey, nasty. If you have thing. a rim and tail, it's just Dude, it wraps in, you get hung, and, and that, that straight tail, that, that ace just slides through all that stuff. And it's the perfect presentation for, especially, it, it, to be you know totally honest, that early spring, fish don't want a lot of action. They don't want it moving a bunch. They want, they want it to seem alive, but they don't want all this all this glitzy, you know, all this, what, what do they call it on, on mall rats? Not on mall rats, on office space. Uh, uh, what is it? She's got to wear all this, the, like all the buttons on her shirt. I know what you're talking about. Oh is. my god, pizzazz, flare! Yeah. They don't want all this flare, dude. Yeah, they they want something simple, streamlined, do nothing. <laughs> got it. So, before I let you go here, because we're already at the 20 minute mark, I Uh-oh. have one last question for you: to peg or not to peg the bullet weight? A hundred percent peg. Um, this is a target fishing or cover fishing because that's that's what's in Florida. You know, we're not fishing rocks and trying to float our bait up off the rocks. We're not, you know, going for some crazy presentation. We're literally like like the pads that are like, hey, hit me. You want it to get to the pad and into the pad. And actually, you know what? I'll throw you one other thing that, that's kind of interesting. And it seems like a little detail. But when it comes to those isolated targets and the reason you want that that pegged weight is because you want to cast it past them, not disrupt that isolated target, not disrupt that cane. That you stalk easily cane. swim it back to it. and Exactly. It. Drag it. So you want to know that when you cast it out, that bait's going down right where you casted it. It's on the bottom. It's interacting with the bottom, which hopefully there's a bass bed right there. And as you drag it forward, that bait's right behind the weight. And when you get it to that target, you know exactly where your bait is. So you're being very detail oriented. I like that. that that's where like, fishing is crazy to me right like a lot of people will just cast right to the target but it's those tiny little details it's like graphic right yeah there's days that you and i know this when you're out there and you're graphing around you see a school of fish there's always that minute detail somewhere near that that has the bigger fish than average and it's just time on the water learning how to do it in the tiniest little details you can be fishing so, in the same spot, yeah. dude, and somebody catches 25 right next to you, dude. And you catch 14. Yeah. So, or nothing. <laughs> or, or nothing, nothing dude. Yeah, which yeah. I've seen that happen, too. It's like, good gosh, like we're making the same cast. And sometimes <laughs> that's all it is, is the angle that you present your bait and the fish want it so much Angle different. of the dangle, dude. Angle, angle of the dangle. Yeah. So I want to say thank you for taking the time today. I'm sure we will have you on plenty more as much as you're willing to spill the juice. And uh, we greatly appreciate it every time you come on, Mike. I always enjoy chatting with you, Andrew. It's always fun, yeah. dude. And we always go way too long, which means we're having fun, dude. That, or that, that's fine with me. I love going long. So, like, <laughs> might as well keep it going, right? So, yeah, we'll get you back on here. I, there's a lot more juice that I want to uncover and talk about with you that I think our viewers would love. So I greatly appreciate your time and stay warm. And I'm sure you'll be out fishing again tomorrow. Go crack them up tomorrow and have a better night. Thanks. I'll see you later. Yeah, my pleasure. Have a good night. Bye now. So, well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this episode as we're chatting with Mikey Balls, the YouTube influencer, Mega Hammer down there in the Southeast and talking about the Gambler Ace, which is, as everyone knows, the Sanko, it's a time old classic that just catches 
giant fish and lots of fish all across the country. So as always, if you're tuned in on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, throw us a thumbs up, a like button, leave a comment down below, maybe what your favorite stick bait is and setup that you use. If you're on MP3, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, please leave a review that helps this podcast get shown to more bass heads like you and myself and Mikey. So we always appreciate that. And thank you for tuning in. And we will see you next Saturday. <laughs>